Welcome to the Eden Hour podcast, where we hold important conversations that help grow the long-term Solana NFT ecosystem. During Eden Hour, we talk to creators, thought leaders, and other Solana friends. My name is Tiff, and my co-host is DJ Trix. This podcast is brought to you by Magic Eden, home to the next generation of digital creators on Solana. Okay, super excited to have this conversation. Today we're going to be talking about innovation in DAOs. There's a lot to talk about. I know that um, Cake is coming from SoulSox DAO and they've got an initiative around fractionalization. And we'd love to just, you know, hear from Jemmy too about all the innovative things that Monkey DAO is doing. I, I scrolled through and saw you guys do a lot of fun stuff, including staking or even some more informal stuff like poker night and I've seen your guys' town halls too on Twitter spaces pretty often. So yeah, I would love to just know, like, you know, starting at the ground zero, um, what your DAOs are about and and like how how active they are and, and how you guys drum up excitement with these different types of initiatives. So um, today we're actually going to let DJ Trix kind of lead the discussion. So DJ Trix is a magician at Magic Eden, which means he's just like basically a magician is, is a friend of Magic Eden's. Um, we just work together on different stuff. They help us evaluate certain projects. And um, yeah, they're just kind of like a really great, you know, support system for us. So um, DJ Tricks, do you want to take it away? All you. Yeah, I'm here. Thank you, Theofana. Um, I am a member of lots of different DAOs, actually not a member of the Monkey DAO or the Sock DAO. So I'm interested to know more about how those things run um for sure so yeah it might be a good place to start would be each of you guys to introduce yourselves give us a bit more detail about your story in nfts and your background and then we can get into the stuff about DAOs. yeah sure so first off thank you guys so much for hosting the spaces i'm uh, really looking forward to the opportunity to talk a little bit more about sock dao and uh project mimo to give a little bit of background about myself, uh, I would consider myself a relative uh, newbie, actually, in the NFT space. Uh, my first mint was uh, Crypto Cubs, actually. So, you know, little OG, little not. And I was uh, fortunate enough to mint uh, socks. And kind of from day one, I could feel there was something special and different in the group. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that there's only 500 socks and we started out on, you know, the royalty based model, which was certainly popular at the time. And eventually, you know, kind of when everyone was transitioning away from royalties just to sort of protect themselves, we were like, well, what do we do with this percentage that was guaranteed to the community? And, you know, forming a DAO was not on the roadmap, but I uh, kind of reached out to Mr. Socks and was like, uh, Mr. Sox is the founder of Sox on Solano. Yeah. And was like, uh, why don't we form a DAO? Let's see what we can do with this. We have a really dedicated and passionate holder base. And, you know, let's see what we can do. And we're kind of in a unique position in that, you know, the core Sox collection is only 500. And we have ballpark 350 or so holders with I'd say a pretty heavy majority of those being day one, day two holders or mentors, things like that. So, you know, we've already kind of had that base for a strong community 
And sort of out of nowhere, like the passion just clearly was flowing from everyone and everyone had ideas and wanted to, you know, innovate and try some, you know, try cool new things essentially. Um, and we're, we are really fortunate in the fact that, you know, we have so many different talented individuals who are coming up with honestly ridiculous ideas left and right. I'll, uh, I'll talk about some of our initiatives in, in a second after the introduction, but yeah, I mean, we formalized about now a month and a half ago, have something like five or six uh, current initiatives or projects that different DAO members are working on. Uh, the biggest of those being Project MIMO, our fractionalization project, where something like 15 or 20 stockholders are all actively working on it, whether that's modding or creating lore. And yeah, I mean, it's been a truly incredible ride. And, you know, I've, I think all of us have really rallied around the idea that, you know, if you want to build something cool on Solano, you should get a sock because we are going to support you. Um, one of the kind of my phrases I say far too often is dream big and develop fast. And that is really the, uh, the philosophy that I've been trying to build and instill in the group. So yeah, that's a, that's a little bit about our story thus far. And, you know, there are certainly many chapters yet to be written. That makes sense. Can I ask how you found out about socks in the first place? I'm, I'm really interested in how this information gets to people. You say you minted it. I was, it? you know, it was actually, um, the very well-known, uh, trader, uh, Pentoshi, I believe yep. his Twitter name is he, he tweeted once about socks. And, you know, at the time I was like following maybe 50 people in the NFT space on Twitter. I'm like, huh, socks. That's, that's different. That's kind of funny. Um, and you know, I just, I kind of went for it. It was one of those things that I just had a, had a gut feeling about. And I'm, you know, really fortunate that it's, uh, my gut feeling has turned out to be so, so true. Yeah. They're looking really strong. How many did you mint? Uh, so I was only able to mint one, but I immediately bought three more off a of secondary. Mm. And actually a little bit of fun backstory there. Uh, Sox was one of the quote unquote bigger or more hyped collections. One of the first ones that Magic Eden ever listed. So, you know, we have a, a great relationship with ME that goes, you know, feels like goes back 10 years, even though it's only been <laughs> two and a half months. It's crazy, right? It feels like Magic Eden's been around forever. It's still, you still can't quite believe they launched in August. Um, no, that's that's really interesting. What was the mint price for the socks? Uh, one and a half Solana. Yeah, they've done really well, haven't they? Like price wise, and it sounds like you're you're just building some really cool stuff, which is only going to add more value to holders. Yeah, exactly. You know, not not too much reason to get too you know focused on the floor price, in my opinion, but. Um, yeah, you know, we've certainly have had some pretty crazy, uh, bull runs up to, I think our all time high floor was 110 soul, something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, just our, our philosophy is keep our heads down, keep building and, you know, that value will come. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It must be nice working with a relatively small group as well, like 500 people. Yeah. Yeah. There's something really kind of special about that, you know, um, you know, no disrespect or anything to any of the other larger DAOs. You know, I'm a proud member of Thug DAO, as you can see by my profile picture. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, having that 350 or so holder base means that I've been lucky enough to basically get to know everyone somewhat personally, um, you know, and have developed some really strong friendships with, you know, across the entire group, which has been, you know, special. And, you know, I think also the smaller holder base allows us to mobilize faster. You know, it's, it's somewhat easier to delegate, um, tasks to, you know, a hundred or 200 people, as opposed to a thousand people, at least in my experience. Yeah. It must give a different dynamic for sure. I've noticed that with some of the smaller, um, DAOs that I'm part of, you do have a, uh, yeah, it's easier to get strong relationships within those groups, you know? And I think you can kind of see the direct outcome of your work more clearly and, you know, in a smaller group. Yeah, perfect. Well, shall we move on to Norm? We can do a quick intro with you as well. Mm, I believe yeah. it's uh, Jemmy that's uh, talking instead of Norm. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Jemmy. Incredible. Hi, VJ Chicks. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah, so, so Norm was supposed to join us. Um, I think he's uh, currently held up. So I think he should be joining us uh, after he's done with his, uh, you know, with his personal stuff. Yeah, no but worries. Yeah, but yeah, if you'd like to tell us a bit more, yeah, if you'd like to tell us a bit more about your background and how you're into NFTs, that would be really interesting because I've seen you about. I don't think we've ever spoken before. Yeah, hundred percent. Happy to do that. So yeah, I I used to work with a venture capital fund um, based in the Bay Area, largely working with digital media entertainment startup. Um, after that, I left to work with a consulting firm. Um, spent some time there and didn't really like it. So I just left and now I'm just, you know, diving full time into the crypto space. Uh, a very deep rabbit hole that, you know, we seem to be, you know, just digging down. Uh, but yeah, I never looked back since then. I dabbled a little bit, uh, you know, with NFTs, I think maybe six months or a year back. Um, I actually first got exposed to uh, BSC NFT. Uh, because, you know, that, that was where people were saying, hey, you know, if you don't have money, uh, you know, maybe you should check out like BSC NFT, right? Because like the, the gas fees are like non-existent. So I, I just, you know, bought some really trash uh, NFT of uh, BSC. And then after that, I went to <laughs> I went to Ethereum because I realized, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm never ever going to make it on BSC. <laughs> So so that's that's why I went to Ethereum. Um, then I got a, a fair share of uh, you know troll moments with the with the gases, right? You know, I, I would realize that hey, um, I'm actually paying more for gas than the NFT itself. Sometimes I, I find myself you know paying for the gas and not even getting any NFT. So I felt like you know that was ridiculous. It's, it's almost like uh, first hand getting rubbed my by myself. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, I I still can't understand the gas fees myself. I, I've done some free mints on Ethereum that cost me like two hundred dollars just to get the free yeah. mint. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man, exactly. So, so that's where you know that's so I realized, hey, okay, yeah, it, it really is not sustainable su- sustainable anymore. So I just sort of like set up for a while. Um, yeah, then I was just scrolling through Twitter and I found you know Solana and I. But so now, so now you're on Solana. Um, is that yeah. all you do now, The just Solana NFTs, or are you onto other things as well? Uh, yeah, so ever since I, I got exposed to Solana NFT, you know, I, I've never really touched any more Ethereum NFT. Uh, you know, might not be the wisest choice, uh, but, you know, we just don't have as much time any, anymore because this rabbit hole seems to be, you know, deeper than what I initially thought it would be. So, so yeah, 
Um, that, yeah, the that, rabbit hole is, is deep, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, you, it you is. You can spend 24 hours a day on this and not even <laughs> scratch the surface. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, so that's where, uh, you know, I came over to Solana NFT. I think the first thing that I found was uh, uh, Solarin. So I just bought some OTC. Then I, I, I never really understood the idea of minting. So um, thankfully, I found SMB, you know, when they were launching. So I sort of camped for the SMB mean. And I was very surprised by the entire, you know, minting experience on Solana because, you know, comparing to Ethereum, it's almost like there's no way you can ever compare them, you know. Almost instant transaction, um, you know, gas fees are like non-existent. So that's why I really, you know, fell in love with the entire idea of, you know, Solana NFTs. And yeah, and that's where, you know, we, we really found a very strong community in SMB because in the early days uh, in SMB, you know, uh, there, there wasn't any marketplace to trade at all. And a, a lot of us, you know, many of the monkeys that you see here, like uh, Jake and, and the rest would, would be able to uh, re- relate to it, right? Because we all had to do, you know, OTC trades and all. So those were like, you know, good old days, man. Good old days. Yeah, exactly. That was the good old days, wasn't it? Back in August, um, <laughs> July, August. And so you would literally, you would have to send people directly Solana and then they would send you the, the SMB in return. There was no, no marketplace. Yeah, that's right. So what happened was that SMB, when they first launched, you know, they, uh, they chose not to, you know, lease on a specific marketplace, uh, just because, you know, maybe their, their, their goals or the things that they believe in, you know, were not exactly aligned. So they chose to go against it. So, um, instead they had moderators who, you know, perform OTC trades for us. And we just send, you know, Solana as well, as well as the monkeys to the middleman who then facilitate the trade in exchange for a small sort of like a fee or something like that. Okay, so you had you had the escrow there to do that for you. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Yeah, we we, we are talking about it almost like, you know, it's, it's so long ago, but in actual fact, it's only like three months, you know, not yeah. too long, not too long. But yeah, so so that's why I think, you know, SMB is really special because especially the OGs who, who've been there since the start, um, you know, because of the lack of infrastructure, it really allowed us to build very strong relationships uh, among each other. And that's also the, 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 the fundamentals of how MonkeyDAO was started. Um, I think, you, you know, how MonkeyDAO was started was that I think it was slightly a week after Mint. Um, of course, things were slowing down and the marketplace was not up yet. Uh, people were still happily buying. You know, I was really addicted. Uh, to to you know buying monkeys or just buying them, you know, I I didn't even care about rarity. I just like you know all things uh, aesthetics. I was just buying things that I like. Uh, but yeah, so Monkey was started because you know the the community at one point was uh, wasn't really the best and best place to hang around because there were a lot of FUD and whatnot. So. Uh, yeah. you know, we, we created a small community and called them, you know, uh, DGEN 8-MonkeyMinters, uh, purely to find out, you know, new opportunities and whatnot. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. I've not seen that group. So there was, so you also do collaborations with the, the apes then? Oh, no, no. So, so that, was, uh, that was the early days, you know. So when we first yeah. started MonkeyDAO, it was a, a very small group of uh, monkeys um, it, it was more like uh, an informal group just to discuss about, you know, uh, alpha or like new minting opportunities and whatnot. And yeah, I see we have Silon here actually. Silon is actually a, a fellow uh, founding, founding member of MonkeyDAO as well. So Silon and myself, you know, we were, we were just hanging out in, in the group. 
you know, in the DGEN 8-MM Minters group that I just, you know, shared with us about, I think we had around 8 to 10 members and we only uh, invited, uh, you know, individuals who we really like hanging out with. We, we were sure that they had good vibes and whatnot. You know, so they, they came on board. So it was a, a really curated process, but it eventually just kept growing, you know, 10 to 20 to 30 and, and to 40 and 50. And at, at that point, you know, Sion and myself were like, hey, you know, what, what should we do, man? It's getting larger and larger and, you know, it's, it's harder to manage and we can't exactly, you know, keep limiting it because people will just keep coming. Um, so, so yeah, that's where we decided to, you know, transit to MonkeyDAO, uh, started the officiation of MonkeyDAO. Uh, we ran manual verification that was like pre-grid days and all that. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about, you know, how MonkeyDAO got started. Yeah, that's really interesting, Jimmy. Like really, really interesting <laughs> stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, I, I might have spent a little bit too uh, too much time on that. But no, it's, not, it's a long not a story. It's, it's super interesting. It's, um, I just find it fascinating how that community was created through the through the OTC trades and like building the relationships like that. It must have been super, like a really special time. Yeah, uh, 100%. I remember when we had the when the Mint Squad in the Degenape Academy first started, it, it felt a bit like that. There was a smaller group. The Mint Squad's um, channel was kind of tucked away in the main Discord, the enrolled Discord. So not that many people necessarily knew it was there. There was just seemed to be a small group of people that would talk all day, every day about minting um, and just kind of have fun with it. Yeah. It still it still exists and it's still there. The mint squad's like stronger than ever now, but those early times were quite special. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I think I, I've seen some of these uh, information shared by uh, the same eclectic as well. And I think you know this Dijan um, mint squad. We also have something similar in uh, in in Monkey Dao. Uh, we we used to call them active mints. Then we started to realize that people were really you know aping into anything and everything that was going on. So we had to rebrand it to, to call it, you know, a, a domain loosely channel bit. So, so that, you know, individuals hopefully will be reminded that, you know, they should do some DD or whatever before they, they dive deep into, you know, minting whatever means that are active at, at whatever time that they are awake, right? Yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah. There's been some bad mints out there for sure, but that, I think that's part of the fun is uh, going through that <laughs> <Yeah>. together, <laughs> getting rugged, a team right? of people that are also yeah, we're all getting rugged together, right? Yeah, that's true, man. And then when we win, we're all winning together. It's um, that's that's a, the camaraderie that comes with this Solana NFT space that I really love. Um, that I didn't really see so much of that. I'm sure it happens on Ethereum, but it seems really strong um, here on Solana. That's true. Perfect. So we should definitely get into more detail about the Stockdale. So are you a stockholder as well, Jimmy? Well, unfortunately, no, not yet at least. You know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like to say no as a definite answer because in this space, you never know what happens next. You know, uh, this morning I woke up at like 6 a.m. my time and I saw the portals and I entered, ended up, you know, just uh, randomly buying a, a, a visionary room, you know, just for fun. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, that that was like part of the part of the entire farm process. You know, everyone was just talking about it. So yeah, I I I wouldn't say I would never be a stockholder. Maybe after this conversation. Similarly, you know, hope you end up being a monkey holder after this conversation as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I actually bought uh, Onyx portals last night as well. Actually, um, the the portals have done really well. It's been a good launch. Well, so I guess the question is when monkey. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to have to be soon. There. Um, it's not a not a cheap entry price to get into the monkey DAO, is it? It's a it's pretty 
pretty high price tag. Yeah, actually now, yeah, now is probably a better time because you know a lot of the things are sort of like cooling down, and also good good point to note that you know the monkey DAO is actually a hundred percent independent from the SMB devs. So you know uh, everything that we are actually working on is actually all community driven, hundred percent community driven, self funded. Uh, so yeah, it's really impressive. You know, just by working alongside so many smart and you know very motivated individuals who very selflessly. Uh, you know, just contribute their time and effort to whatever that we are trying to achieve. Wow, completely self-funded. So, is there? Do you get any um, sort of contributions from the devs <laughs> or from the royalties? Well, from the <laughs> no, not not at all, not at all. So, so that's that, that's quite crazy. You know, whenever we we go on conversations and we share this with with uh, whoever we speak to, you know, uh, they always get so mind blown to to find out that hey, you know, this monkey doll you know, actually does not receive any funding at all. But yeah, that's 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 basically how we operate. 100% community-driven, uh, self-funded, no funding from the SMB dev. At least for now. Hopefully it will change in the future, but for now, yeah, it is what it is. And you guys have done some really interesting stuff, though. You've, uh, what I've seen is that that DAO and that community get behind certain projects. I mean, you've been able to really make a difference to the success of of other projects in the Solana ecosystem as well. So that's, yeah, that's been interesting to watch kind of from the sidelines, how, how powerful that DAO is. Yeah, I think, you know, it, you know, when we first started, uh, you know, we, we didn't really have a sort of like a formal process per se, but right now as the community grow and as we start to get more help and transit towards, you know, more officiated structures and whatnot, uh, we now actually have a voting process whereby every single partnership proposal uh, has to be clearly clearly written up, submitted as a an actual proposal, which everyone will actually vote on, and then based on the outcome, then we will decide as a committee, you know, what we want to do. Do we go here with a partnership or do we not? And yeah, I think that's also you know aligned with you know Magic Eden's uh, topic today, right? Talking about innovation in DAOs and whatnot. And I think uh, for us at Monkey DAO, you know, we we really don't have the answers to everything. None of us have the answers to everything. And that's why coming together, you know, across different domains, different subject matter experts, you know, just trying to uh, really innovate and and create um, value, extra value delivery across the different areas is is really what makes community so special. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's really interesting. It's going to be fascinating to see how things pan out over the coming coming weeks and months as well for all of these DAOs. So yeah, Cake, if you're still with us, it would be definitely interesting to talk more about Mimo because this is where it ties in with the Monk. It would be interesting to hear from you what your plans are and how that links in with the Monk DAO. So the whole Mimo idea started about, I'd say about a month and a half ago. And we just recently formalized a SOC DAO. We had this treasury and we're like, well... What do we do with it? And, you know, there's a lot of value in, you know, investing smartly into, you know, really interesting uh, coins and things along those lines, seed funding projects. But, you know, we wanted to take a more active strategy and, you know, really push the bounds of what a DAO can do. And, you know, we really did feel empowered by the fact that we had so many dedicated holders in such a kind of tight-knit group and felt as if we could, you know, really push the envelope here. So from there, we, you know, spitballed a bunch of different ideas and eventually landed on fractionalizing uh, a top-tier NFT. 
you know, naturally the first idea um, is a monk. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of evolved from, you know, let's, let's fractionalize a, a floor monk. You know, we can, we can cover that whole thing. It's, you know, not probably not too, too much development. And it just sort of balloons from there to let's change the game. And we found an incredible developer team that was super thrilled with the idea and actually wanted to invest themselves. So we have some really, um, you know, aligned interests here and aligned, you know, priorities in seeing uh, Mimo succeed. And from there, we sort of started brainstorming on, okay, you can fractionalize an NFT. You can have it represented in token form. You know, it's been done uh, on Ethereum and there's some great projects that are developing that idea on Solana as well. But we wanted to, you know, really give something back to the entire Solana community and find a way to make, you know, a project for the people here. And we landed on purchasing a shirtless seven SMB. Uh, it's, it's kind of great to see. Uh, Jemmy is a member of the shirtless seven, as you can see by his beautiful profile picture. So um, there is so only hey. seven of these, um, this trait, is that right? Shirtless trait. Yeah, so what it is, uh, the shirtless seven are one attribute Solana furs, and there are seven of them. Uh, the idea was coined either by Jemmy or uh, Uranium.Soul, and Uranium has been an incredible advisor to Mimo throughout this entire time, so can't thank him enough for everything he's done for us. And, you know, we, we landed on the idea of this being the monk for the people, giving any investor in kind of any, you know, strata the ability to participate in the upside of what I believe is kind of the consensus, you know, the punks of Solano, if you will. And, you know, we can take it one step further and say the shirtless seven are the alien punks of Solano if we want to go yeah. there. Um, That's right. And we really like the idea of a Solana fur um, SMB. It demonstrates our, you know, our commitment to the whole ecosystem, our collaborative spirit, you know, things along those lines. And it, it was a perfect fit. And, you know, uh, Mimo's Vipers are really freaking cool as well. So that helps. Um, yeah. So we kind of got to the development stage. And so we wanted to develop tokens for it, you know, tokens that represent a fractional share, but we really wanted to give power to the people here and power to the holders. So we developed this really interesting protocol, um, which we coins the dynamic buyout protocol. And what that is, is that every single holder of Mimo through a suite that will be um, released on our millionmonk.com website, will be able to vote on a reserve price for the NFT. So what this means is that depending on the amount of tokens that one holds, they are able to essentially select what the value of the buyout should be. And this is, you know, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around because one, the MIMO tokens are fully tradable with liquidity backing or liquidity yep. pairing in Mimo Soul. Where would they be traded? Uh, they'll be traded on Radium, and we are uh, listing exclusively there going live this Monday, uh, 1 p.m. UTC. 
And in two days' time, not not long at all. Then, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the final push. No, uh, yeah, no rest for the wicked right now. Um, but so back to the the dynamic buyout uh, idea. Yeah. A lot of uh, you know approaches on Ethereum have been whoever is selling the fractions determines the value of the buyout. And we didn't want our fractions to be just another, you know, a liquid extension of the pre-existing NFT. So, you know, in a way, Mimo is more than just a representation of owning an NFT. It's a governance token as well. And it goes further than just um, contributing and saying what the price, the buyout price of Mimo should be. It gives power to our holders to say, you know, what is the top end value of Solana NFTs? Not trying to be, you know, blinded by my own own bullishness here, but what if, you know, the collective of the market actually views the shirtless seven, actually views, say, Boogles or Dragons or the top apes, any of those in the high seven figures, the eight figures, who knows, but it's just no individual investor has been willing or able to put that sum up. So what's in the top price for a, for a monk so far? Do you know? Uh, two million. Okay. Monk, Thirteen thousand yeah. soul. A couple, two months ago or so. And there's, there's been right, a few. I think steps. that was the SMB king. The SMB yeah. king for thirteen thousand soul, approximately. Yeah. And that that's the biggest sale of any NFT on Solana, right? I believe uh, yes. so. Right? Yeah. yeah I believe I think so. so. Yeah. And, yeah. As far as I know, um, there's a couple that came somewhat close uh, earlier this month uh, a couple in the 1.4 to 1.5 million range we've seen what happens when fractionalization takes place i've seen it firsthand with the, when they fractionalized the doge on ethereum mm-hmm. the people pleaser guys i can't remember the exact valuation of that right now but i remember it, i think it maybe hit 400 million that they raised it is not uncommon to see the underlying NFT or, or excuse me, the market cap of the, these tokens to trade at a multiple of 20, 30, 40 X, the initial underlying value. And, you know, that could be, you could argue that it's just hype, but the way I see it is that we're giving liquidity, a significant amount of liquidity to, you know, an extremely illiquid market and letting, you know, the holders, the people, sort of take control here and contribute to the actual value of the top end of uh, blue chip NFTs. And also we're giving everyone a chance to participate in SMB's meteoric rise and, you know, have a, have a seat out at the table. You know, of course, Mimo holders will not have access to Monkey Dow. That's not how it works. But one of the cool things that we're uh, developing is, we will have uh, verified channels in the Mimo Discord for holders, and it will kind of act as a quasi DAO insofar as there'll be, you know, alpha that a lot of socks I know will be working, um, you know, very hard to bring over our alpha from our uh, alpha DGEN channel and share it with everyone else in there. You know, we're going to try and encourage networking, encourage con- connections, because I really think that's the most important thing um, that you can get out of a DAO. And I then, agree. of course, we'll also have 
uh, channels to discuss the reserve price and the voting protocols and all that sort of stuff to, you know, really give any investor the opportunity to see what it's like to be in a top tier DAO. So that's kind of our very long winded uh, mission statement there. <laughs> it's a good mission. Um, will it be a weighted voting then? I, I would assume. Yeah. So the way it works is that it's uh, ongoing weighted average. Uh, yeah. And the way to vote is one has to lock their uh, tokens into a smart contract. And it's not until over 50% of tokens are locked in said smart contract that the buyout protocol will be available. And then what happens is if there's an interested party, you know, let's throw a random number out. Let's say it's 10,000 soul. The interested party has to deposit 10,000 soul and we kick off an open auction uh, for, I want to say a week. I'm not a hundred percent on that. My apologies for that. I should know that. <laughs> um, but yeah. And what happens on, or when it's bought out is any, uh, or all fractional owners have a, their claim to the, uh, you know, the Solana that is raised from the auction. The NFT is released from the vault and goes to the winner. Uh, trading is halted on the coin and, yeah, <laughs> then we uh, then, well, yeah, then what, what would happen after that? Would you uh, would you go and get another monk and fractionalize that, or pick another, maybe another type of NFT? Um, I'm very glad you asked that. <laughs> um, so yeah, one of the things that we've really been pushing is this idea that Mimo is not a one-off project here at all. Yeah, um, we've put we sunk a lot of time, a lot of resources in this, and when we kind of got to the point where we were ready to actually fractionalize Mimo and ready to go live with the buyout protocol, we had this aha moment where we were like, we basically have a full end-to-end fractionalization platform ready to go here. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, the details are not 100% worked out. And obviously the focus is on ensuring a smooth launch for Mimo on Monday and supporting the coin throughout its uh, infant stages. But yeah, we are we are going to also be offering a fractionalization as a service platform. We're not a hundred percent sure exactly how it's going to be offered, uh, whether that's going to be mainly to other DAOs or whether it's going to be to any individuals. Uh, one thing I can say for certain is that you know socks, the sock NFT and the sock DAO will forever remain at the center of Project Mimo and everything we do. And the other thing we do also really want to kind of continue pushing is if you want to, you know, participate in significant upside of the Solano NFT space or, you know, participate in the top ends of the blue chips or quite frankly, the top ends of any uh, NFTs, you should be coming to Project Mimo and our platform because we will continue to reinvest in this, we will continue to fractionalize the most desirable NFTs, period. So I'm really excited to see what we can do with this. I mean, it's been an absolutely wild month and a half of development and community building and organizing. But when we had that aha moment that we can go anywhere from this, you know, it's like we finally saw the light and realized how much 
benefit we can provide to the Solana NFT space, the Solana community, and keep building from there. Yeah, it's truly incredible. It really is. There's been yeah, a couple of things I'd wanted to see on Solana NFTs for, for a while, which is the the fractionalization. I'm also interested in collateralization of NFTs so that in the future, I think it would be nice to be able to borrow against some of these high-value stable assets, which currently we can't do that, right? I believe there is one project that's developing that right now called there uh, is, yeah, the Nomies, right? Nomies yeah, is developing yeah. Yeah, they haven't done it yet. I hope they I hope they put it off because that that is quite a challenge when you're holding on to something which is maybe worth on paper a thousand Solana, but you, you, you can't actually take any of that, that capital and do anything with it unless you sell at the moment. The joy of being a liquid. I, I know we all know this feeling. Yeah, it's super interesting, man. Um and I'm interested to find out about the the pricing. Like how are you launching this? Um will right. we just be able to buy the token straight away on Radium on Monday? Yeah, right away. So the way we did it was we had two rounds of pre-sales. Uh, the first round was for SOC holders. Um, so there were 500 uh, slots for that, 500 yeah. SOCs. And that was at the most uh, preferential rate. Um, I feel as if the reasoning behind that is quite self-explanatory. And then we had a second round of pre-sale for sock pass holders, which was set up as a first come first serve. Uh, quick little background: sock passes are the second leg of our ecosystem, and we decided to—well, not we. Um, it's not a DAO-run project; that is a core team-run project. But they really wanted to expand our community and expand our reach. And sock passes have been an incredible way to do that. Provide a lot of. Um, you know, free value airdrops. Yeah, some good airdrops. Really good airdrops come from that sock pass. I remember seeing that. Yeah, they're, it, it's it's really just a very fun NFT to hold. You know, you never know what you're yeah. going to get when you're holding the sock pass. Um, so yes, uh, the sock passes had the second rounds of pre-sale, and that was absolutely wild to see. We had about. 5,000 eligible participants and we sold out in 30 seconds, which was wild. We, uh, we actually have a video um, on, our, on the Million Monk Twitter that uh, shows how quickly it filled up. And we are really excited to kind of see how that demand translates to the open market on Monday. But to answer your question, the opening pricing of it will be 0. 0.000. 04042 Mimo per Solano. Um, the total supply is 100 million Mimo tokens. And, yeah. you know, if you put it in USD terms, it's going to be just under one cent will be the opening price per Mimo. Perfect. And so, yeah, that makes sense. It seems like there's a lot of room for some upside there. Certainly, certainly. And that will just be straight on the decks. We, we go on on Radium. Will it be um, like bids and asks, or will it be um, like market maker? Like, yeah. So, yeah. so it's going to be on the like the Radium swap um, feature. Yeah. So you know, of course, there'll be a chart, and uh, buyers and sellers will have the ability to uh, put up you know buy orders, sell orders, all that good stuff. But it won't act 
um, as you know, similar to the some of the tokens that are traded on Dex Labs, where it's purely an order book. Um, and one of the other really cool things that we're super excited about is that you're actually going to be able to farm Mimo with a Mimo Soul pairing. So if you create Mimo a uh, Mimo Soul uh, LP token and contribute to the liquidity pool, you will actually be paid out in Mimo rewards. And I. I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe it is one of, if not the first time, that someone can farm an NFT. Yeah. yeah I've seen some mining with NFTs, but I've not really seen it farmed like that before. And Will that yeah, be on wow. Radium as well? Uh, yeah, I've never yep. heard of that, actually. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's uh, all will be facilitated through Radium's Fusion Farms. Uh, they've been really incredible uh, partners and supporters throughout this and we are very very uh, fortunate to be listing exclusively with them yeah it's a, it's a very good look what do you think about all this then jemmy are you as a as a dow like monk dow member and holder are you you quite enthusiastic about this idea yeah, I, I think the, the Mimo idea is great. Personally, you know, I, I don't speak on behalf of the DAO, uh, you know, just no, sort of being careful, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think personally, the, the idea is great. And I think the fact that they chose the, the shirtless seven is, is also, you know, uh, I, I would say a, a very wise choice, right? Because um, the I think the, the shirtless seven is, is something that is very special to me personally as well. Because uh, when I first started, you know, uh, my, my journey with SMB, you know, uh, I was really after the aesthetics and nothing really stood out to me, you know, at that stage except the uh, Shirtless 7. I actually had uh, two of the Shirtless 7 when I first started. The one that Solana Legend has uh, and the one that I have as my PFP. And then I eventually gave that to, you know, uh, Solana Legend. I, or, or rather, we, we traded it after a while. Um, and yeah, that's where, you know, everything really kick-started. And I, I think that the foundation of the, the Shirtless 7 is, is also uh, something that is worth noting of. I think that the Shirtless 7 is, is in fact a, a community within the larger community itself. When we first started, you know, um, those one attribute Solana skin, like Kate earlier mentioned, we were all in a very small group and then we were discussing, hey, you know, what's the future of this? You know, what are we going to do? And we were also discussing, you know, some uh, alpha and whatnot, you know, as usual in, in Discord group. Um, so yeah, the, the, the foundation, the foundation itself in terms of the holders are, are all very special. But of course, uh, now that it has changed hand multiple times, uh, the, the group is, you know, unfortunately not as active as, uh, as, as it used to be. Uh, there are yeah. still a couple of, uh, you know, uh, old holders, OG holders like ourselves. But at the end of the day, I think the, the fact that, you know, fractionalization and using one of, uh, a very prominent monkey per se, uh, because it's, it's Solana skin, of course, like what Kate also mentioned, uh, showcasing their commitment to, you know, Solana NFT and the, the ecosystem at large. Um, it, it will eventually allow individuals, right, you know, who might not be able to afford a, a full monkey and much less a, a full, let's say, like a Solana uh, skin monkey, just because, you know, that's how the rarity price, you know, different NFT assets, right? Uh, not saying that one is superior to another because, again, you know, rarity and, you know, aesthetics are all subjective at the end of the day. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people would not be able to afford, you know, one particular, um, let's say, like, uh, you know, one of the seven 
Solana skin uh, monkey. And even if you were able to be, uh, to, to afford it, right. And you have a lot of money, but, uh, you know, there might not be a willing seller for it, you know, and if you can actually see that the, the, uh, Shellers 7 is actually pretty scarce. Uh, it's rarely listed on the marketplace even. So, so I think having this itself, you know, really opens up a, a new door of opportunities where everyone, um, probably will get easier access and, and at the end of the day, it's, it's about growing the ecosystem, right? How can we grow the ecosystem larger? And through these uh, fractionalization exercise, um, where, you know, you can open up the doors to more, uh, micro holders or, you know, they might not be full NFT holders, but, you know, maybe in this case, we can, you know, say that they, they could be a, a subset of holders like micro holders or whatnot. Uh, they would eventually become ambassadors of the different projects of, you know, Solana NFT itself. And yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you, you just have a, a, a wider uh, ecosystem or a wider community as a whole. One of the things that we kind of struggled with to figure out how to give rights to our holders was the profile picture question. You know, do the thousands and thousands of holders of MIMO have the right to use MIMO as, you know, SMB3408 as their profile picture? Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. Um, so we really wanted to protect the scarcity, if you will, and the desirability of the shirtless seven. And, you know, at the end of the day, we can't stop anyone from right clicking and saving, uh, as so many on Twitter like to point out to us often. <laughs> but what we decided to do is uh, develop this little fun web suite called the Memonizer. Uh, you can find it at pfp.millionmonk.com. And the Memonizer is a way for, it's a simple little web suite for anyone to put Memo's Vipers onto their pre-existing profile picture to, you know, demonstrate that they're, you know, they're part of the Memo family without diluting that, you know, sacred, if you will, value of the Sherla 7. So we thought that was a very fun compromise. And at this rate, we might have to only fractionalize NFTs with sunglasses on them because we have really leaned into the Viper branding. Yeah, the Vipers are, are always a good look on any any NFT, I think. Um, so, so I could I'm looking at this website now. I can go on there, select any of my NFTs, and just the the Vipers will land on them, and then save yeah. that and use that as a PFP to to demonstrate that I'm a Mimo holder. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have not built out like the wallet connect functionality yet uh it's just kind of drop and drop in your jpeg as opposed yeah. to connecting your wallet for ease but that uh may be something we pursue down the line a little bit but it's also been fun to you know put put uh mimo's vipers on anything uh i was fortunate enough to secure a piece from the extremely talented uh, rupture the other day and put a bunch of Mimo's Vipers on all the faces within the piece. Um, so it's, you know, we're having fun with it. That's, that's one of the biggest things too. We're, we're just trying to have a good time in Solano and provide the community with, you know, a little bit of upside and a lot of fun as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what is that's a, what a big part of this is all about as well. It's about enjoying our enjoying our time here, exactly. Um, having good vibes with it, you know. Which I, I love all of this stuff, man. I've, I've I've been so interested in fractionalization for a long time. I've seen um, friends of mine on Ethereum. They they 
they don't actually hold punks, but they're quite happy to hold the fractions and, and trade because they, they're bullish on, on punks, but maybe they can't afford to buy a whole one. And I think this is very, very exciting to see this coming onto, onto Solana now, especially the way that you guys have done it with uh, the, the hookup with Radium. Such a good look. And the, the NFT that you've chosen is, yeah, it's clean, right? Clean Solana skin. Very clean, uh, yeah. Yeah, in fact, we are also, you know, pursuing a, a fractionalization opportunity with a bridge split as well. And yeah, we're really excited to see how that turns out. I think oh, it's cool. due to be launched uh, soon as well. Oh, wow. That, yeah, that is exciting. Yeah, there's, I, I think, you know, I think the, the tugboats are probably the, the first few as well to, to have uh, fractionalized one of the birds. Um, I believe that was around two to three weeks back or was it two weeks back? I can't, can't remember, but it was quite recent. Just right yeah. during breakpoint or right after breakpoint, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we've been coming up on 50 minutes. I, I was just wondering if you guys wanted to talk about any other sources of DAO innovation beyond fractionalization. I know that um, MonkeyDAO is looking at your guys' Twitter and it says that you guys are the first DAO to operate a no node on the Solana blockchain. Um, so maybe that's worth talking about. And then I would just love to know like the, the ways you guys are activating your communities and keeping keeping engagement. So that's something else we can explore. Yeah, 100%. Happy to chat a little bit about that. You know, thanks for giving me this uh, shameless opportunity to plug a little bit about, you know, Monkey Dao. Uh, so yeah, indeed, you know, like uh, what was mentioned earlier, we are actually running the, the node, uh, the Monkey Dao node. In fact, the, the first DAO to actually do so. Um, and yeah, we, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's not about us uh, being the first. I think what uh, is more impressive is, is the story behind, the journey behind how the different committee members actually came together to make it happen. Uh, we've had, you know, instances whereby some of our ideas were like front-run, you know, um, it just got leaked, you know, because that's how DAOs are, right? You know, relatively transparent and very, very flat. Um, so, you know, trying to organize this and, you know, putting this, getting it out in, in a very successful manner, such that everything is time and aligned, you know, really meant a lot to us. So, so yeah, I think that to us uh, was more impressive than being the first, uh, seeing how every committee member sort of came together. But yeah, if you have any, you know, Solana that's idling in your wallet, you know, and you don't know what to do and, you know, you feel like if you leave it in your wallet, you might be tempted to go around minting stuff that might not be so valuable. Uh, we'll yeah, be more than happy to have you. <laughs> yeah, D yeah, DJ Tricks, you can probably relate to it. I can relate for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I see that slot in the wallet. Yeah, and then then the mints come in every day. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you know, yeah. Sometimes you try to mint it, and then you know you leave your wallet for twelve hours, go to sleep, you wake up, you realize, oh shit, it's it, it's a rug. You know, the the discord is not there anymore. So yeah, to prevent this sort of situation, uh, if you want to safeguard yourself, uh, we'll be more than happy to have you allocate a certain uh, portion of your soul. You know, to be staked with uh, us at Monkey Dow. Um, it's, it's really easy to stake, you know, just like how you stake your, your soul across other validators as well. Just go to Phantom, you know, just click uh, stake and you can just choose Monkey Dow, search for Monkey Dow and it will be there. Uh, we are around, I would say around 20 over thousand soul stake right now. So really excited. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a huge achievement for us, uh, all in all. Do you know what the APY is for staking? I believe it's around... 6 to 8%. Yeah, 6 to 8% because it varies uh, across different cycles. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, that, that sounds fairly standard. I, 
I usually stake my soul with marinade for the same reason, just so that it's a, a little bit locked up, you know. I can't I can't just go mincing whenever I want with all of my soul. Um, it's, yeah. it's definitely a good benefit. Sounds like, sounds like it helps you, you know, in terms of uh, some form of self-therapy. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, we, we've all been through that, you know? <laughs> you know. So, so yeah. I, yeah, okay, back, back to the question on, you know, in terms of like innovation and whatnot, I think this is just uh, one of the examples of how, you know, in, in Mankita, we, we are trying to always constantly look looking at areas that we can deliver value. And I think, you know, some of the items that we have uh, or rather still working in the pipeline, um, I, I don't think we are ready to share them yet, uh, but I would say that, you know, uh, it's, it's a natural progression for, for DAOs, you know, to continue to explore the aspects of value delivery and not just value delivery, right? Because there are, at the end of the day, a thousand and one things that we can do, uh, but we also want to ensure that these things are done in the right manner such that, you know, we do not go against like, regulations and whatnot so that we can be sustainable. And at the, and at the end of the day, I think the goal is to really uh, take monkey out operational and I believe uh, at this stage that we are going um, looking at different conversations and the, the way we are exploring in terms of like uh, revenue generation and whatnot uh, we shouldn't be that far away so hopefully you know the end of the tunnel is almost there yeah it's really interesting what, what do you th- there's one more question that has just come to my head what do you think about all of these uh, own forks that are starting to pop up um, on Solana? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm probably the, the worst, no, no one's quite pulled it off yet. Maybe in person. Yeah, I'm probably the worst person. You know, you you, you want to ask uh, this too because uh, I'm usually very skeptical about you know these things and and as yeah. they would call I'm it, right, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, as they would call it, you know, uh, Ponzi. I think that's my personal thing. Of course, you know, no offense to any others who believe it because no matter how ridiculous you know anything is, there's always opportunity and there's always money to be made. You know, of course, if you're confident, you know, you should go for it and don't let uh, people's, you know, maybe like boomer stick, you know, stop you from making money. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's, it's very risky, of course, high risk, high return. Uh, but it feels like a little bit of uh, Ponzi-nomics. So you, you know, of course, if you get into it, you might always have to find ways to hedge your position, uh, you know, try ways to get your capital out such that, you know, at the end of the day, if um, it goes slightly downhill, you know, you, you would still have, your capital protected. What do you think about it, Kate? Well, you know, it's uh, it's fun to participate in the upside um, of these uh, home forks. Uh, realistically, if they don't have KYC uh, requirements, I would tread lightly in general. Um, you know, I will be the first to admit that I myself am a degenerate and, um, you know, proudly staking my bag of in. But yeah, I, mean, I think <laughs> yeah. with, with any of these kind of, you know, hype waves, you know, I, I feel like the space moves through waves. There's royalties, there's the whole deflationary aspect and, you know, pon- Ponzi, <laughs> ohm forks are becoming very popular right now. So as always, just proceed with a lot of caution, take out your initial quickly and, you know, have, have fun with it, of course. Yeah, I think I think you mentioned about something really interesting, right? Which is you know is is becoming more and more common because I think it's it's almost similar in the NFT space, right? Like um, every once in a while we see that uh, a certain mean once in a while a mean become really uh, a project 
launch, become really successful. And then the following days, you know, you don't even have to wait for weeks anymore. Um, the, the derivatives of that particular project, you know, gets dropped. I think we right. saw it with like the monkeys, the tugs. I, I, you know, I, I, I think a few of us started counting the number of derivatives there are, that there were for like, uh, SMB. Um, but I think we, halfway through, we just decided to give up. Uh, the same can be said for Tugbirds, right? And I think Dijan Ape as well. I think there was there was uh, there was one time there was a micro apes or something like that, which was uh, yeah. I, I think Monolith was a little bit uncomfortable with you know. And um, recently we have the dragons, and then recently uh, with the dragons there there were like the serpents or something, and then I think there was like ten queens, uh, and eventually uh, most of them were were just rubbed projects, right? You know. And yeah, so the Aries Exiled Dragon. Usually... Yeah, I, I got rugs pretty bad on the Exiled Dragon, actually. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the but they're, they're trying to re- rebuild the project. Well. But yeah. Um, most of these derivatives do seem to struggle. I guess there's a few, maybe Monquettes. Um, what do you guys think about Monquettes? Well, I was, as a, someone who minted eight of them, I was a very big fan of them. <laughs> um, I can imagine. But yeah. I, uh, you know, I think they are doing... Uh, doing it right insofar as building out their, you know, their own unique identity, their own unique community. And at the end of the day, there's nothing to be done to stop derivatives, uh, I don't think. And, you know, you could argue that it's a form of flattery to the core collection, but also could be kind of a cash grab to some extent. So just really proceed with caution with them. There are some really great derivatives. I mean, personally, I'm a I'm a big fan of the infamous Thugbirds. Uh, I think those more artistic takes on derivatives are really tasteful, well done, and actually add to the value of the core project as opposed to take away. Um, but yeah, you know, my, my advice remains somewhat similar with the whole ohm fork wave, which is, you know, be careful, you know, do a lot of research. Is the team behind it aligns with the core DAO um, or the core project? Do they have support or, you know, is the core DAO at least somewhat um, interested in it? You know, those are all really important questions to have before uh, aping into a derivative project. That's really good advice, actually. Like, extremely good advice is fascinating. Yeah, um, I think I'm, you know. In fact, the, yeah. the way to approach derivatives perhaps is, uh, you know, is it, to go in, you know, expecting nothing, right? And um, I, I personally am not a big fan of derivatives. I, I, I always like the originals, but um, there there will always be cases whereby you know the derivatives launch actually has pretty decent art, right? Um, so, example, some of them, uh, some of the derivatives, I, I just, you know, try to mean or try to buy something that I already own the original ones so that I can just keep it for the sake of art and, you know, collection purposes. And it's, it's usually not for profit, right? Because if you do uh, go in and try to hold it for like long-term value, you know, uh, sometimes the narrative just doesn't work in your favor if you try to, you know, go in with a longer-term horizon. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Funnily enough, I'm a big holder of pesky derivatives. I've got loads of them. Like every derivative that's come along for pesky, I've I've aped into. Um, <laughs> so that's that's a fun project for me for this uh, weekend. Is to I'm going to make put them all all together, all of the derivatives with the peskies in one wallet. Um, yeah, nice. Maybe in fact, the, the pesky penguin is also one of the really strong communities I had. 
Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I love the test case. Uh, DJ, thing. do you mind if uh, I talk a little bit about just the uh, the pr- other projects besides Mimo that we're pursuing in socks? I don't mind one bit, man. Like, yeah, this is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, carry yeah, on. Yeah, awesome. I, mean, oh, I, really I think a lot of people it. are Thank as well. You. We've got a lot of listeners on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, um, okay. Hey, also, so we, I just I just want to announce that I think Thugbirds is in the house. What's up? Um, but hey, <laughs> go ahead first. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Sorry for being late, everyone. You're no, all good. good. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of did things a little bit backwards uh, in terms of, you know, within two weeks, we started pursuing Mimo um, and didn't really have all the infrastructure in place we would like. Uh, so, you know, one of the big things, of course, is developing out a website. Uh, for socks, uh, socktow.com. It's not released, but it will be soon, TM. And uh, um, some of the other things we're doing in the spirit of giving back to the Solana community is we're releasing a free mint uh, that's entitled, you know, working title, but sock safety tips. That's really going to be aimed at newer entrance into the Solano uh, community. And we're actually going to leverage Mimo there because we do believe there are a lot of uh, newer investors that are interested in participating in Mimo. And it's a, it's a GIF series with kind of four different um, slides to it. You know, always use a burner wallet is a classic one. Uh, never connect, you know, your core wallet connection to any website ever. Uh, be very, very careful when you're uh, doing any sort of escrow trades, things along those lines. And we're uh, kind of setting it up in a way so it's going to sit at the top of people's phantom wallets. So anytime they're about to make a bad decision, you'll have a big sock in your face telling you to, you know, you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> um and then beyond that, you know, we have a, just a couple different uh, really fun initiatives that our members brought to the DAO. And, you know, like I said earlier, my philosophy and what's really grown out to be the entire DAO's philosophy is that if you want to build something cool, we're going to support you. So one member is actually working on adding another layer of utility to the original sock collection. Uh, I don't want to say what that is yet, but I mean, I think that's such an incredible thing and really speaks to the spirit um, of SockDAO members. We're working on a pretty comprehensive newsletter that one will focus on what we're doing because one of the biggest complaints I get from my DAO members is that there's too much going on (laughs) and discord (laughs) is not always the best form of communication. It kind of feels like you're, you know, you're talking through a straw sometimes so our newsletter is entitled uh, Monday Socks. It's going to be coming out every Monday. I actually think the first one will be this Monday itself. And, you know, with an obvious focus on the sock ecosystem, but will really expand out to what other DAOs are up to, what's kind of the, the new wave in the Solana space, and, you know, really try and provide these informa- important information sources to newer investors and really provide some infrastructure to the whole Solana NFT space. Um, and yeah, I mean, to any of my fellow DAO members who are in here, if you guys have an idea, let me know, you know, we'll support you. 
That's very cool. Um, there was actually there was one thing that I forgot to ask earlier about Mimo. Um, I was interested in the, like the acquisition process of like actually buying that NFT, and how do you do that as uh, shared ownership? Do you have a a multi sig wallet for that? So no, we do not have a multi sig wallet for it. Uh, I have actually been until it got fractionalized in the vault. The you know DAO wallet, which is um, under my control, was the one holding it. And yeah, I mean, look, it's not a great solution. There's unfortunately not a fantastic uh, full user multi-sig wallet on Solano. But you know, I've worked very hard alongside my fellow DAO members to build a community of uh, trust and openness and transparency. Uh, I've doxed myself to my DAO. So, you know, if I run off, they know where I live. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the unfortunate uh, hurdles that we have to deal with, with being so early to Solana. Um, yeah, but and, I, I think know, also it, it comes back to that, that initial thing that we were talking about, about how you were trading OTC and there was trust, there had to be some trust involved with escrows. And it's, uh, it's, it's a similar thing here. Like it, it, the fact that all of these people do trust you to hold that um, piece is, is, is kind of a beautiful thing. In some yeah, ways. you know, that, that it really just goes into the idea of community building. And I mean, I think that's one of the things that make NFTs as a whole. But, you know, in my experience, particularly Solana NFTs so special is that there really are some incredible communities here that, you know, you can truly, truly connect with people, you know, form friendships, form trusting long-term bonds in the course of a month with anyone in the world. And, you know, I'm personally excited to be early, uh, if you will, and kind of continue building on this idea and, you know, hopefully keep contributing to onboarding more and more people and onboarding people particularly with this sort of mindset. Yeah, definitely. The um, so the actual purchase, the acquisition, was it was it bought by you then? And did the community was it done with the presale funds? Um, so no, it, the the monk itself was bought uh, November second. Uh, we have a kind of facetious saying we like to say of what came first, the memo or the bull, because kind of immediately after that sale was when you saw the huge trickle in of you know multiple thousand plus Solana. Uh, yeah. sales of the top tier monks. Uh, but the way we did it is we uh, kind of collectively raised funds from anyone who wanted to, you know, really take a step and uh, contribute to the MIMO project itself. Uh, and, you know, that includes our developer team, that includes the sock holders that are on the core team. And that, of course, includes the DAO wallet as well. Yeah, very interesting. Um, but yeah, you're right. It would be it would be a really cool thing to see um, the ability to have a, a strong multi sig um, option on Solana. So I, I'm sure we're not too far away from that. To be fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, interested to watch the uh, you know the development of squads that uh, adapt and yeah. kind of where that goes. Yeah, likewise. That's that. They seem to be like leading the way with um, like DAO management platform. 
So I'm, I'm really interested to see that as well. Um, it's all, all good. Theophana, is there anything else you want to add? Well, hey, should we, we should ask, ask hey, since Bugbears is in the house, we should ask them about Thugdow. We should, How's, yeah. Yeah. How's yeah. it going over there? <laughs> all good in the hood, yeah. Um, <laughs> we just uh, got some cool things coming up. We got a validator getting set up this weekend. Um, and yeah, like got some plans. Uh, that we're working on still pretty early. Um, and, you know, obviously like m market right now is not the best for NFTs, but uh, that's probably the best time to keep, keep on um, building stuff, you know, when no one's really paying attention or, you know, people lose interest or whatever. I'm not entirely bearish as uh, most people seem to be. I think uh, NFTs are, um, you know, I'm, I don't think, you know, like things are just going to go like down for the rest of the year. I think we still might get some some uh, action in like December. So, yeah, I'm like basically just working on a bunch of stuff and the DAO is um, <clears throat> working on, you know, probably at the moment three or four uh, main directions. Uh, so merch, merch is coming out soon in a couple of days, uh, Thug, Thug Merch Store. Um, we got the Thug label that's uh, got some really like exciting developments. We got another pretty big artist joining, uh, should be in the next couple of days, um, which is going to be pretty exciting. Oh, shit. I so think, you're going to be releasing some music then? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, not, you know, we, we're still working on exactly like how, how, you know, like the structure of, of the label and stuff like that. But, um, we definitely are releasing music, you know, like that's being worked on right now. I can, I've shared this before, like we've got Illmind who's been, you know, in our community for a while and yeah. um, he's like crazy talented producer who's worked with like, like you name it. I mean, uh, any, anyone in the industry and he's um, helping us with producing the first, first track for Thug Label. Um, and yeah, like we've got, we've got some other things in development, like, um, potentially, you know, this is still quite far, far off, but we're starting to think about, um, developing some sort of token with, you know, some cool utility possibly for a gen two collection. So yeah, those, those are probably the three main things we're focused on now, but there's like ton, tons of other stuff that we've got like coming up. We've got some gaming tournaments planned um i think the first one's going to be like a rocket league where we have some cool nft prizes and um yeah we're gonna extend that into like a lot of the uh a lot of different games that the community is all pretty into um some irl meetups coming up also at the end of the year depending on covid situation um personally i'm in South Africa, which just got fucking locked down again. So oh, I'm probably, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck. I mean, is what it is, you know? So, yeah, you know, COVID was always kind of this unpredictable thing, I think, for meetup at the end of the year. This was always in the back of my mind. But, um, yeah, we're kind of just going with it, taking it day by day, just putting in the work. Um, we've got, you know, like – Thug Birds podcast in, in the house, which is 
all run by DAO members and they've like dropped, I think, 30 episodes or something and, you know, more interesting ones coming soon. So, yeah, there's a ton of interesting stuff and, I mean, I think, you know, the next couple of months is going to be the time to really like get stuff done um, before, you know, like really solidify um, like a lot of real utility and uh, like, I guess, uh, features and like different um, initiatives for the DAO. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm especially interested in this record label. Uh, I've not seen anyone else doing anything quite like that. Um, and yeah, the fact that you've got Ill Mind and and other established people already on board with this, it's a good look. I'm just yeah, yeah. really excited for the music, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm also super excited about it. I, I'm having you know conversations every day with. Uh, so we've got, you know, Drippin' Soul, who's in our community since day one, um, who's, you know, in real life. I won't dox him, but he's, like, actually a super big artist in real life. So um, he's kind of taking charge of, you know, the, the label side of things, uh, as well as, you know, some other members, Neo Dumb Money in particular, who's also, like, a very talented producer. But, I mean, we've got, we've got like, conversations with... Um, or we've had, you know, with huge artists and huge, um, like, producers and also existing labels, like, ma massive ones. And there's definitely some scope or, like, yeah, there's definitely, I think, in terms of the future of music and, like, Web3, there's definitely something that's going to be interesting there. So we're kind of are just uh, going to see, like, how crazy we can make it, basically. This is, like something that's you know it's not re really like it's outside of nfts and like profile pick nfts so we really are trying to like expand beyond just uh like the standard profile pick type of stuff into some other like interesting web3 type of applications so yeah yeah it's highly interesting I, i've i've noticed like as myself as a i've been in the music industry for a long time as a dj and a, as a marketing person and to see the crossover, to see how many people from the music industry are like getting behind NFTs is is really interesting. There's a huge crossover there. So how will that work with the royalties from the music? Will the DAO get some share of the profits from this for Thugbirds? Yeah. Um, so the thing is, like, it, I, I personally am not the best to speak on, you know, the intricacies of the problems of the music world, but the way existing music works with royalties is pretty crazy. Like musicians are basically subject to what record labels, you know, basically tell them and they get paid their royalties like once, you know, once every couple of months or like once every six months or something. Um, and that's like really what we're going after. Like how do we, how do we uh, become, you know, like how do you fit into that existing uh, system? Like how, how can you, you can't just take like, let's say for instance, Wiz Khalifa, right? Like he belongs to some, some label and um, like you can't just sign Wiz Khalifa for a song and then like pay no royalties to the existing label. So this is something we're still like figuring out exactly like the revenue side of how this is like legally going to work. But for sure, there's going to be like 
um, some form of revenue, whether that be from the actual song itself or like however that, you know, ends up playing out. But for sure, like a portion of it will be going back to the DAO. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the been since the start, you know, like the way we've thought about it is like, it, it won't be majority for the DAO. Of course, it'll be like, it's kind of more of an independent thing, I would say from, you know, the, the DAO. Um, but for sure, it'll definitely be contributing to the DAO in whatever way that is like, like we're still, we're aiming for, um, basically quarter one, 2022 to get the first songs and stuff out of there. And by then we'll have like a concrete, like revenue, uh, you know, model that we'll be sharing with everyone. And, um, I think it's going to be super interesting to see like what these guys who are like, really experts in the industry, like really well-connected people in the music industry. They really are in the best position to spot these kinds of opportunities. And, you know, us being Thugdao, like we are also like super involved with NFTs and Web3 stuff. So I think this is kind of a, a cool combination of two different areas that can really uh, be something that can help a lot of artists who are kind of, you know, like, Especially, especially underrated and like independent artists, uh, basically onboarding them to be like crypto native or like Web3 native from day one. Um, but yeah, it's still early days, you know, like, I mean, Spotify versus Audius, it's still like no comparison, right? So things are still very early. Um, that's also what makes it super exciting and, and, uh, pretty lucrative i think but you know like we kind of are kind of are just taking it uh day by day week by week and seeing like what the best thing is that we can do um for sure. so yeah yeah i think you have some big advantages because you've got you have a really strong community of investors there um there's there's obviously there's funding there and there's the ability to to pay money to sign uh, tracks or artists but you also have the huge benefit of being able to use that community to promote the music when it's released. You can imagine all of those thugbirds, if they're all getting behind the track, sharing it out with everybody. Um, that's, a, that's a big advantage, which a lot of independent artists, they won't have that, that backing of uh, three, three, 4,000 people pushing out your track on release. Day, yeah, you know? exactly. For, for independent artists, that's amazing. And, and really what's, super amazing for thugbirds is it's kind of has this reach right into the music industry like you'll see now in i mean i don't know if it's today or tomorrow like when the post is going to come but we really have because of this whole you know nft craze and the way thugbirds has um performed i guess um we have we have reached like really huge artists so even getting one of those artists as part of like one of the songs or getting them onto the label in some way uh, really does help for like prom promoting stuff. And, you know, that's kind of a really what makes it very interesting is like, it's really easy actually to onboard huge artists because they really are interested in NFTs and this type of stuff and they don't know anything about it. So I think it's definitely a, uh, an awesome, um, an awesome part of, you know, the DAO and Stugbirds that we're, but pushing the the music side uh, pretty hard for sure. Yeah, I want to know when Snoop Dogg's coming to Solana. Like, what's he still doing on Ethereum?
<laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Snoop. We'll we'll see about Snoop. I, I know, like, people think Kazomo Medici or whatever is Snoop Dogg, but I've um, I think I've pretty much uh, guaranteed that he's not. <laughs> Um, really, yeah. I I was under the impression that that was him, but yeah, you, you I mean, no. I was as well. I was as well, and like, I wanted to get fucking Kazomo, like, get get him a thugbird, but yeah. I think it's just I think it's just some guy who knows Snoop, and but I mean, Snoop for sure, he, he is into NFTs. That's guaranteed, um, and you know, he's a, he is a massive artist, so getting him onto Solana would be big for you know, big for the birds and big for Solana as well, but. Things are still so early. I mean, I'll just give it a, give it some time, and you know, I I wouldn't put it. I would never uh, put. I would never say anything's like impossible. Getting anyone onto Solana before I started, you know, Thugbirds. If anyone told me like we'd get Young Thug, a Thugbird, and like Wiz Khalifa and uh, TM88 and Illmind and all of these artists who are like who have Thugbirds, like. Uh, I would have said that that was impossible. So definitely, you know, I'm not gonna not gonna rule anything out. Yeah, I know Steve Aoki just bought nine OG flowers the other day. So there's there's it seems like there's more interest from high profile music people in Solana all the time. It's coming. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's been a really interesting conversation um, today. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks all of you. Thugbirds cake. Uh, Jemmy, I think Jemmy's gone now. Yeah, Jemmy's gone. He had to go to bed, but yeah, of course it's late there, right? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, we've had a really good conversation. Uh, Solan, is there anything else you, you wanted to add from Monkey Dow? Nah, I think Jemmy covered it. And, uh, he just messaged me like, "Yo, can you step up? I'm pretty tired now." But uh, yeah, he got everything. Oh, we have another magician in the house. This is uh, our friend David. David, how's it going? Feel free to ask a question. How's it going, guys? What's up, man? Chilling, chilling. It's the morning over here. Just waking up. Took a shower. And I uh, had to tune in. Saw a conversation about DAOs. And uh, I think DAOs is something that's really important for... for uh, it can be really important for any project. And it can play a huge role in, in its growth. So, yeah, I just wanted to chime in and say what's up. Yeah, great to have you. Yeah, really Absolutely. good. Can you tell us a bit about your story? How, how you got into NFTs, David? I'd be interested. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, well, I got into crypto itself about five years ago, like 2016. But NFTs, I first heard of NFTs uh, back in, I think, last year in November, around this time, actually. It was from Beeple. I think uh, my buddies were telling me, oh, this piece of art, uh sold for like six figures and he was doing at the time he was doing the the drops the free drops where like everybody was trying to get in i don't know if y'all ever saw whenever he did the it wasn't free i think it was one dollar to get one of his drops and then that same day they were reselling for like fifty thousand sixty thousand a hundred thousand and uh that was like the first um instance where i came across nfts and I didn't really start getting like fully, fully involved until maybe six months ago, five, six months ago when I started to, uh, uh, when I first got my, my DJ Nape, um, that's when I really, really started getting involved. I think a month or two before that, I was already like, I already knew 
I was really passionate about the space and I wanted to involve myself deeply. One sec. And um, yeah, like I already knew I wanted to involve myself because of how passionate I felt for everything that was going on in NFTs. Just the potential it has for the long term, the significance it, ha it can have as far as communities and networking and just, just meeting people from all over the world that are passionate about similar things. Um, so I already knew I wanted to be fully invested. I wanted to work in the ecosystem somehow. somehow. And I thought once I came across Solana, I thought it was the perfect opportunity since it was just starting out. Um, you know, there's barely any projects out. Back when, uh, back when SMB was first minting, I remember I saw the, the Solana monkey business minting. And at the time, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I, I missed out. I, I even have a picture of it minting at 3,000. It was still at 3,000. I don't know how long it took to mint, but I remember seeing it. I had plenty of chances to mint a few, and I didn't. And it was mostly because I was staying away at that time from pixel art. And it was, of course, in hindsight, one of the, you know, the biggest uh, L's I took as far as like not investing in a project that just went crazy. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I can relate to that, man. I came very close to buying a monk uh, when they were like 30, maybe 40 so. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's crazy to think that I could have bought it for like $75. Like that's how it first, that's, that's what it first was. I think it was like three Solana and Solana was at like, I don't remember how much it was really, but I remember the total, um, was like 70 something bucks. I don't know if it was two Solana and Solana was like 30 something bucks or 40 bucks. But I remember it was like under a hundred for a minute and it was just insane. It's been insane to see it go all the way up to 200, 300, 500 or what was the biggest sale? I think it was, I think it was over 5,000 Solana, no? For the, the king. 13,000. 13,000. Jesus Christ. Just imagine, right? Like, wow. Just, just because in that moment I wasn't open to, I wasn't open enough to invest in pixel art and not, I didn't realize how huge it could be. And, and really the, the, the community of the monkeys is what has made it what it is. So, yeah, um, that's, that's a little bit of my story after, after getting really involved and just being within a bunch of different communities, seeing, um, seeing projects, try different things, innovate on different things. It's all a new space. So like everybody's trying to navigate, you know, navigate the space in the best way they can. And yes, yeah, it's, it's been a fun journey. It's been a challenge, challenging at times as far as like being overwhelmed with so many things, so many ideas with potential that you want to implement. Um, but uh, after a while, after just being involved in, in different communities, I was able to provide enough value to to the, uh, the, the founder of Bone World, uh, Alexi. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Yeah, I, have Bone I love Bone World. Yeah, he's the artist and project lead at Bone World. And during the, the launch, the mint process, I was just in their, in their Discord and, and just, I was just helping him, the team, and really trying to help as many people as I could in that community to, to, um, to, 
I don't know if y'all are uh, aware of the mint process during Born World, but it was there was a couple hiccups, and um, I was just in there trying to provide as many suggestions as I could, trying to put the fire, so to say, you know, like trying to um, avoid people from being um, from fudding, you know, trying to prevent people from fudding, and just being as helpful as I could during the mint process, and their their team. Um, their team, they, they, uh, as far as like how familiar they're where they were with the ecosystem, um, they were, they were just starting out to get involved, like really with different communities and with different people within the ecosystem. And I just, I felt like I was able to like almost fill a gap between the team and the communities and the soul NFT community, because I, I was already involved and I was already like I, I knew various different people within the ecosystem, and I just try to provide as many suggestions as I could as I could during during that mint week, that mint process, to to really make the community happy again, to really make sure that the community knew um, the team and project is going to take care of them, is going to focus on bringing value to the community and is going to innovate and implement any suggestions that is going to be beneficial for the long-term success of the project. Uh, so, so yeah, I was just, I provided as much value as I could, as I could during that week, during that mint process, uh, to the point where he just, he saw the, the potential and the value of bringing me on board full time. And that's, that's just kind of how it went. I, I wasn't really, when I first got in it, I wasn't really, I didn't come in with the intention of, all right, let me just provide as much value as I can to then see if they, they can hire me. No, like I just did it out of the passion of wanting to provide value to projects, to different teams, to people. And naturally it, it you know, translated or transitioned into me being fully on board with the, with the team. Um, and yeah, that, that's after that. Just I was I've been fully invested into Bone World and just helping them grow, helping our community develop in any way I can, helping Alexi and the team communicate the vision and every development we have on the way, and just trying to help as many people as I can within the ecosystem, any project or anybody that um, is is looking for suggestions or for advice or anything um, anything as far as like growing the project or growing their community or roadmap suggestions, anything of that sort. And yeah, now, now we're here and yeah, it's been a fun challenge yeah. and I've enjoyed it a lot. Bone World to me seems like it's a little bit slept on. I don't think maybe everybody realizes quite what Bone World are going to be doing and what the possibilities are with the the 3D art that they have to be able to use that in in video games, um, and we, we've not, not quite seen what what's possible yet. But um, yeah, it does seem people are maybe sleeping on Bone World a little bit at the moment. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's because the metaverse is still so like we don't know how far out it is, and a big the big. Uh, the big value proposition of Bone World is obviously the 3D avatars that you can use within the metaverse or within different games. 
And um, besides that, I think since we have so many plans, um, all these plans in the roadmap, they're going to take time. 3D art takes time to develop. Anything great takes time to build, you know, and I think the the further we go in that roadmap, the more we keep delivering, the closer the metaverse gets, the more people really see the value that um, that the art and, and, and potential of Bone World can bring, the more it's it the less it's gonna get slept on, you know, the more people are gonna realize um, the, the 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 value of Bone World. Yeah, for sure. There's already been some incredible things that Bone World has done. Some of the airdrops, I really like the spider airdrop. Um, I think the art is incredible on those spiders. Um, I, I really like the collab that you did with the soldiers. Um, oh, yeah. So those boxes will do exactly, but um, do you, do you, can you talk more about that? Honestly, the I wasn't too involved in the process of the, the, the Soul, Soul Army partnership. So I'm not sure exactly what those, um, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be their own um, uh, Bone World slash Soul Army um, avatar, you know? So it's going to be a, a combination of both, of the art of both. But um, I'm not too sure where they're going to take it after that, you know? Yeah, it's a really good collab, though, because the yeah, the Soul Army is one of the only other projects which is doing a similar kind of thing with the 3D 3D art, and we've yeah we've not seen what's possible with any of that yet. So yeah, it's it's super exciting to see what the future will be like for for both of those projects. Once once we start to see those uh, those bone worlds like walking around in the metaverse and playing games, I think is it's going to wake a lot of people up to that stuff. You know, most definitely, bro. And and to take to bring it back to the topic of DAOs, I think um, yeah. I think one of the the things I'm most excited about is that we're really trying to implement and mobilize the, the Bone World DAO. And really, we're trying to get anybody within the community that has any kind of skill, any kind of connection, any type of value or contribution that they can possibly make to the, to the community through the DAO. We're trying to you know, encourage everybody to participate, everybody to be active contributors to the ecosystem and to the community. And because like there's so there's only so many developments we as a team can focus at once. The artists and the devs can focus at once. But if you have a DAO and if you have the community really um, mobilized behind that DAO, they can really focus on a bunch of other initiatives that you wouldn't have been able to do alone as a team. Um, and I think that's that's what's so huge and valuable about DAOs, they can really bridge, they can really fill that gap of, um, of uh, maintaining a certain consistency in contributing to the growth of the project, to the growth of the ecosystem, while the team is focused on other essential developments for the roadmap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah, one of the problems I seem to face is um, I find that the NFT ecosystem on Solana it can be a little bit fr fragmented because there's there's so many projects, right? There's so many that are all happening at the same time. There's new ones launching every day. Um, so it's, I'm interested in seeing how different people approach that and where where you actually choose to put your time and your energy and your your contribution to. 
because you, you can't be everywhere at once. It seems to be just yeah, picking uh, maybe a small number of really strong projects will be the, the way forward. 100%. It's just it's too much going. There's too much going on to, to really be involved, fully involved in many projects at once, at least myself. I can't, I don't think I can be involved in more than like three to five projects um, at once and and participate as much as I want to participate. But um, but yeah, mo- most definitely. I think it's about finding those projects and communities that you feel 100% passionate about and just fully involving yourself with them and contributing in, in however way you can. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks. It's really interesting. Shall we, Theo, find out, what do you think? Should we invite the, the questions? Yeah. I think I think we should wrap. I mean, it's been like over uh, yeah. or nearly two hours. Yeah, we talked a lot about Monkey Dow. Learned a lot about fractionalization with the Sox, Soul Sox Dow, and then yeah, I mean, even hearing Thug Dow speak was was great. Or Xerox Thug. Um, I'm good for my end. I think we should wrap it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm really happy. Just to want to say thank you to to Jemmy, to Cake, to David, to Thug Dow, everyone else yeah. who's not. To listen to this, to Ceylon. Yeah, um, if people have ideas for other kind of Twitter spaces and other topics that are across projects that you want to hear about, like slide in our DMs and let us know. And yeah, hoping everyone has a good rest of the day. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, hosting. And if anyone has any follow-up or questions, uh, my DMs are always open as a personal policy. But yeah, thank you so much for giving us this platform. This was a really incredible and enlightening talk cool thanks so much for joining us all right i appreciate you guys yeah thanks appreciate you too thank you dj tricks for hosting absolute pleasure we'll do it again soon Eden hour thank you for listening to eden hour this podcast is brought to you by magic eden home to the next generation of digital creators on solana find us on twitter at magic eden underscore nft and visit us at magic eden.io